<laughs> the broadcast, the biggest podcast in Vancouver, pretty much. We participate in light misandry. Get out of here with that <laughs> sexism. All of our societal structures are designed in ways to inherently prejudice women. Coach's Corner was kind of like my bathroom break. I don't like to be bamboozled. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, hi, and welcome to the Broadscast. I'm your host of this week, Mallory. I'm here with Georgia and Sam. We're recording this Saturday evening. The Canucks do play later this tonight. They play the who Preds. Are they, who are they playing? The Preds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just assuming okay. it's just going to be a typical Canucks loss that's like pretty inconsequential. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not good still, but they're scoring. So that makes them at least a little fun to watch. Um, and I, I mean, the Preds are doing pretty well currently. So that's why I was also thinking there wasn't a huge amount of hope for them. Yes. Um, anyway, started on our highs and lows for this week. Just in like general, this quasi reviews. Lots of people are very nice about um, the Katie Strang episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, you should. No, but we did. Someone did message us to request that we read Katie BX's book for Broadcast Book Club. Uh, and literally, like two hours before, I had said in the group chat we should do that, which is very funny. Great minds. Uh, and then we tried to find the book, <laughs> the one that's currently published, not the one that's about to come out, and it does not exist. I. So. <laughs> looked on WorldCat and it exists in two libraries. I did put in an interlibrary loan for it. So hopefully I'll get the one that is in Newport Beach as a Newport Beach library. The other one is at the Vancouver Public Library. But then I looked in Vancouver's card catalog, like on their website, and it says they don't have it. So they probably just threw it out. But you know, if you have a copy strange. of it. We're yeah. trying to find it. And I was like ABX obsessively going through topic. like, it's like, you know, like free ebook sites and stuff. Yeah. Like random ones where you get like textbooks even. Like I was going to get put on a watch list for how much I like, <laughs> wanted to read Newport Jane. Oh, but, by like, the way, um, uh, shout out to the Colleen Hoover fan that got like the Z library shut down. Did you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. No, what happened? That's why I had to go on so many sites. <laughs> so like there's this site where you could get access to ebooks or whatever yeah. and mo- most of the people who used it I would say largely were like people trying to access like academic books that they didn't want to buy for university and some like Colleen Hoover fan like made a TikTok about getting free books oh, or whatever man. and it shut the site down <laughs> so don't do that that's not very cool um but yeah, if anyone has a copy of Newport Jane, we would like to read it, KDBXA. Uh, please. I think it was self-published. So um, that would be why it's like not just in stock. But I guess we will try and read her newest book, Cedar. Yeah, but I want to know. I want to get all of it. I want to get an idea for her writing style. I need all of it. I did look at her website and she graduated with a degree in English Lit and Women's Studies. Ross University. Yep. And uh, the only thing I remember about Newport Jane is that the main male character is named Ryan. And that was a thing because people are like, 
why did you choose Ryan when your husband's best friend is named Ryan? Well, in the book was supposed to be like semi-autobiographical, right? Yeah, it was weird. So who knows? But we'll we'll try and get access to it. So the person who messaged us about it, we're we're trying. Um, and so yeah, we'll see how that goes. But stay tuned. Stay tuned for further updates. Do we have any woes? I don't know. What's phone has four teeth coming in at the same time. So I am basically brain dead. <laughs> she like screams for like two hours every night. Oh no. It like, doesn't nothing. sound comfy. It doesn't sound great. No, no, it's definitely not great. She's not happy. I mean, she's happy during the day. It's just at night. She has like a two hour period where she must just like feel the teeth more. But she doesn't like, normally like when she's upset, she wants you to hold her. So like, I'll try to hold her and she'll just like, she'll like physically push me away. Like, don't touch me. But she also doesn't want me to leave the room. Like she just wants you to sit there and watch her cry. <laughs> Yeah, she says, acknowledge my pain. Incredible energy from your child already. This is She's like, I want to be touched, but I want you to sit here and suffer with me. I'm like, okay. Honestly, I do this sometimes. (laughs) I said to my mom, like, she doesn't want to be hugged. Like, she doesn't want me to touch her. She pushes my hands away. And my mom's like, yeah, who does that sound like? And I was like, you're right. I don't, I don't like to. I'm like the queen of sulking. (laughs) Anyway, that sounds awful. I do not. Oh, our other low of the week actually was um, uh, there was someone named Haley who was at the Canucks game. And uh, well, I guess we'll link the tweet if people want to read it. But just had a really shitty experience at the Canucks, the last Canucks game where some dude was like telling her she was too loud and was just being a total asshole. And then at the end decided to like physically like touch her and then was trying to apologize uh, because he realized quote unquote that she was like an actual fan and it was pretty awful so uh that's a low yeah but <laughs> personal high was that uh because of that uh I was reached out to by someone in the media to discuss that story and that person was the former class president of my graduating class Kirjanos <laughs> oh my so, goodness shout out to uh St. John Buff, grad class of 2012. Uh, we're doing great things. Okay, um, on to the NHL, which has had its normal week of antics, I guess. Um, starting with the Ottawa Senators are questionably for sale. They are so they, for sale, but I don't know if it's it. one of those gimmicks because they're always complaining about their arena. No, so. they like legitimately whatever their version of like senators sports and entertainment or whatever, like announced that they retained some firm to help them sell. So it's, it's pretty legit. Also, apparently it's really sad. Expressed interest. Yeah. Which is hypothetically. Yeah. A lot of people are like, Oh, why doesn't he buy the Canucks? And like Ryan Reynolds, very openly does not like hockey (laughs) he has said it multiple times that he's like not not a hockey fan obviously he owns Wrexham FC um but it would be very funny if he bought the Ottawa Senators just because I don't know it feels like that's out of his price range but I also don't know 
how much money he has. I don't know either. It feels like that's too like, much, but yeah, because he owns um like a his, the company. Yeah, but he that owns, he owns, owns someone. Like, no, no, no. But the like the individual companies that he actually owns. Um, I don't know if that goes into his net worth, whatever. I don't know. I don't really understand any of that stuff. Also, like, I never understand, like, the owners anyway, because none of the money is actually liquid, like, assets. It says is... he has a net worth of $150 million. Yeah, I actually, it'll be interesting to see. So how I don't think he can afford it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Because I know that the, um, they're obviously selling the Phoenix Suns, that they're called. Who had the like really Sorry. racist owner? And I'm that's gonna be sell. honest, that doesn't narrow it down. But I do <laughs> think you're talking about the Suns, <laughs> the one who they just had the huge like report on or whatever. And that's gonna sell in the billion dollar range. So I'm not saying the Ottawa centers are necessarily close, even to that, close but it'll to just it. Be interesting to see. It's sad. It's the end of an era. The Melnick sisters were doing so a very short era. Yeah. A very short era of us really supporting the Melnick sisters. <laughs> Hard, though. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, get that money. Um, and then do what you want with it. You don't have to own a sports team. Uh, and the condition, one of the conditions of their sale is that the team stays in Ottawa, which will be interesting because uh, one of the conditions of the sale of the Seattle Sonics was also that it stays in Seattle and then it didn't. So, and I think also for the Grizzlies. And then that didn't happen. So I don't know how. Okay, who is your dream like, owner sure for the Ottawa Senators, if not the Melnick sisters who are resigning from their post? Alanis Morissette. <laughs> she's the only celebrity I know who's from Ottawa. But also, she I don't think she's. Where's from Avril Lavigne from? Can we just have a full one where it's Avril Lavigne, Alanis Morissette, like Shania Twain, just Canadian? Canadians they aren't in the same genre, so I don't think that you can. <laughs> I think Avril Lavigne is from like Nippian. Yeah, which I guess is not that far away from Ottawa, but I have no idea. They're all in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all true. I know. Um. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, it would be funny if Justin Bieber bought them. Just yeah, I was gonna say Bieber would be great <laughs> actually, but he would just use them as like a feeder team to the Leafs like he would just like basically make it an AHL team for the Leafs and they like he would just have incredibly like easy deals yeah I was also gonna say Rihanna because she actually I think she might be a billionaire um but noted she sense did, fan then and noted sense fan she actually walked around and also she like is an enemy of Drake so like further humor but she did gross stuff this week with Johnny Depp. So. Oh, yeah. I didn't think that was real. And then it was real. So because I was like, factually, why would that be something? But yeah, she did it. So anyway, that would have been fun. That would have been very funny. Uh, but alas, a lack. Oh, well. Okay. I also the weird thing about Canada is like, there's actually like not that many like quote-unquote billionaires to buy teams it's why the joke was like in the cfl there was teams that had the same owner he owned like multiple teams <laughs> that's good in other leagues you're not allowed to do notoriously the cronkies like the way that they have to divvy up the league teams or whatever. anyway 
Um, so yeah, well, that means they that should many. the sense should go like the Packers route and be owned by the community. That's community, obviously what they should do owned. because obviously we also don't want more billionaire owners. I'm like, oh bummer, you guys don't have enough billionaires to buy up your sports team. Huge bummer. Uh, it would be very funny also if Galen Weston bought them just because he's a known <laughs> price gouger. And he recently said some just terrible things about inflation. Um, so I that I said funny. It wouldn't be funny, but it would be I think, something. You know that what we actually happen. need to do? As I've been trying to do, get the strolls out of Formula One. Lawrence Stroll buys the Sens, and then he just makes Lance Stroll play, as opposed yeah. to when he drives. It's perfect. There you go. And I think so. We've got it settled. So, um, what else has been going on this week? Eric Carlson is good at hockey again. Speaking of the Sens, oh my god, like outrageously. Like, like honestly, historically, he's having a historic season. I think he's done. I think, if I remember correctly, he's doing something that hasn't been done since like pre-world war ii maybe even pre-world war one in the nhl and that's what we've so, gone over before nobody before like the year 2000 was really trying that hard in goal <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean to patrick waugh that's like a really hot take. First love. <laughs> like, <laughs> i would go since 1990 um, i was like kept pushing it back um yeah he's well I I had never checked updates. The last time I looked, he was tied for second in the league with Bo Horvat. Um, they're behind, obviously, Devo. Uh, in goal scored, which is like that's fucking insane on a bad San Jose team. Like this isn't this isn't like Kill McCarr on the Avs. This is just like Eric Carlson. Eric so, Carlson on the San Jose Sharks. On the that San Jose is what's Sharks, <laughs> who are not good. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He had he had such a weird like he's had such a weird career because he really peaked early, mm-hmm. and then all the shit went down with Ottawa, and then he kind of just was like in the ether in San Jose, and now he's, now he's suddenly in his, in his ascendancy. So we'll see how long it lasts. Obviously, but it's a very funny start to the season. I enjoy it. Okay, in similar, I guess. The veins of complete turnaround. And also, horror arguably should be bad teams. Carter Hart is once again, like, the prince that was promised. Like, I mean, he had his one year where they were like, this is what we've been waiting for. And then he started supporting Ted Cruz on Twitter. And then he stopped knowing how to play goalie. But now he knows again. He figured it out again. Um, I I was laughing really hard um, at uh, Charlie O'Connor, who covers... uh, the flyers was like it's really hard to write about like to answer or to try and write an article explaining like why this team is good this season when literally the only answer is the goalie's good <laughs> like that's it they're not good carter hart's just playing well and like he has he has let in uh like in the last couple of games he's let in be more goals than like the previous ones but like He's, he's finding still the winning, middle ground so. of an actual goalie that, like, should be happening. He's not abysmal like he was last year when they would, like, go put in Martin Jones in that as a choice over Carter Hart. Um, yeah. Which is and one like, of the most incredible goaltending decisions. Like, I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> it's not It's not great. But now he's, like, somebody that you're not constantly dreading 
the puck going yeah. towards them. Yeah, like, so his goals against average last season was 3.16, and this year it's at 210. So that's, like, a pretty significant change. Uh, I mean, again, small sample size, but uh, I think Canucks fans would take that over Thatcher Demko right now. Okay. Not in the long run. Speaking of small sample sizes, speaking of acting stupid on Twitter, where are we, where are we going? Where is our middle of this Venn diagram? It is Jordan Jordan Bennington's horrible start to the season, and also tantrums. So funny. So someone tweeted us a couple weeks ago. I think I tweeted like, "What are your vibe general vibes on your team?" And they were like, said something about Bennington's been on his best behavior or something. <laughs> That's like. That won't last. And I Did really, I, I really wanted to tweet the like office, uh, Jim Halpert holding the sign, like zero days since Jordan Bennington's last so an asshole. I didn't because I was too lazy to make it, but uh, he <laughs> just, he's just the worst. And I was thinking also how insane it was that the Cardinals had him <laughs> throw out a first pitch <laughs> at a game in like August. And none of us were like decided to edit that video and put in a fucking water bottle <laughs> instead of the ball. <laughs> um, it would have been very funny because I routinely forget that happened. And that's just like, that's an insane thing to do. And then he's just, you know, who, did, what did he, who, who was the player? He like shoulder checked some fucking, uh, it was some random Islander. Yeah. But it's just like, dude, learn how to fucking play goalie. Like, worry about that first you know and also like it was in a situation where he was losing like it is embarrassing for you you let in these goals yes why are you trying to act tough (laughs) i just don't even understand what he thinks he's accomplishing like why why does he keep doing this and when when is someone going to actually just punch him (laughs) it's coming nazem kadri when are they playing st louis (laughs) Do you think he's going to try and fight him? No. Just just for funsies? To be like, hey, remember the time you threw a fucking water bottle at me, child? Threw a water bottle and missed. That's I would the also, best part of the whole story. I would just be skating past him being like, 879, save percentage. <laughs> 879, save percentage. Just like really rile him up. So read him his stats. Um, okay. Who else? I guess in other surprising things. Actually, leading each of the divisions right now is the Hurricanes, Boston, Dallas, and Vegas. Um, I don't know. I think Dallas is the most surprising to me, actually, just because I feel like the Central is very consistently just where the abs live at the top. So, like, there's no reason that Dallas, like, should be doing this. But it's just, you know, the magic of Jason Robertson, so. Also, like, second in that division are the Jets. Um, and the Blackhawks are fourth, like, <laughs> and the Blues shocking. are the worst. The so, Central is shocking. The Central is shocking. So, yeah, again, small sample size, but it's a kind of strange start. Like, we definitely didn't have, when we talked about in the season preview, um, we definitely didn't have any of these teams. I think we were, like, uh, pretty shocked about New Jersey, too. I expected New Jersey to be much worse. I expected them to be better than they were last year, but definitely not yeah. close to the top. Yeah, no. They also have, um, like, in terms of the Eastern Conference, 
they have the third biggest like goal differential. Hmm. I mean, the Bruins have a like plus 22 goal differential and they're, they have like a plus 12. So the chasm is pretty wide, but um, their goaltending has also shaped up after kind of a rocky start. But then I think McKenzie, no, someone got injured. Vanatek got injured maybe in the one of the last games. I right, whatever. I honestly don't care. I don't have For the Devils. Space. For the yeah. Devils, uh, Andre Pollat is out with, he has getting growing like surgery or something even. Yeah, but one of the goalies got injured, I thought. Oh, well. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh, okay. Blackwood's oh, because I Vanatek. don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody tweeted. I didn't, I didn't do, say that what I wanted to say because I didn't want to get, get yelled at on Twitter for once. Um, but somebody was like, Mackenzie Blackwood is at the hospital consulting with doctors. And I was like, oh, does he consult with doctors now? <laughs> he did. He did oh, kind God. of get vaccinated. <laughs> He did. Um, that is correct. He was at the hospital doing his own research. <laughs> oh my god! Ah, oh, pain. All we know is pain. Do we want to talk about the Canucks? Um. Okay. So the Canucks have now. They're not any better. They're not any better than they were. Our last report <laughs> still stands. They've scored a lot more goals since we've last spoken about them, but they're still bad. They still have all their other problems. Um, obviously the highlight was the Ducks game where they scored eight goals. Um, the Ducks themselves scored five though. (laughs) So, yeah, basically they're, I think they're in that game. They kind of illustrated what everyone thought was going to have to happen if they were going to win games, which is that they'd have to outscore their bad defense, which is what they did. (laughs) So like, good job. Also, we have the worst penalty kill in the history of the NHL. (laughs) It was, there was a point I think they were saying that it was 31 and 32. We ha- literally, it is the worst recorded penalty kill in the history of the NHL. And I did see Jeff Patterson tweeted today that I think in the last five games, if you take the sample size, the power play has a better percentage than the penalty kill. Okay, I which agree. Which is truly that shocking. definitely seems possible. Um, Mallory, that's fucking sh- atrocious that's so <laughs> atrocious i'm saying that's atrocious but i'm also saying that something that is really concerning is also constantly getting scored on during the power play <laughs> i mean yes but they're getting a little better at that but you know i that was a truly shocking stat when i saw that today so like I, but i don't understand so first of all i don't want to see both Horvat and gt miller on the penalty kill <laughs> i'm begging i know that in practice they weren't on it please they're not good at penalty killing. I understand why Bo Horvat's out there. And that is literally, he's the only man on this team that can take a face off. Okay. I understand. <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm begging you. I can't do this anymore, Mike Yo. Please. So hopefully uh, that turns around. Uh, but for now, they need to get that shit together because they're not going to be able to score eight goals every night or six goals if they want to beat. But by the way, against... Uh, Ducks team that is very bad. <laughs> so, like, just imagine when they're playing an actually good team. I still think it's funny yes. that the Ducks were over 27 <laughs> on the power play and they scored on the Canucks. Because that's my favorite stuff. Worst recorded penalty kill in the history of hockey. <laughs> hockey in the history of the NHL. Like, that's so ridiculous. But oh well. Do you think there's a goaltender controversy? No, I just think Thatcher Demko isn't good. There is a goaltender controversy, which it's 
they're leaving my boy Mikey to die. He got somehow traded, but also they left him to die. Yes, he's still playing for the Abbotsford Canucks, but he um, is now. This a is your Mikey Di Pietro watch. Um, Boston for Red. all those who have been keeping in touch since when did he even get drafted? Probably, I think he was on the eighteen. Yeah, because I think he was on the. 2019 watch. he was on the 2019 yeah. my poor boy <laughs> i feel so bad for him um this is my general soliloquy for mikey di pietro they left him to die out in the sharks game that was his first nhl start that was like so atrocious. he has to have the worst one of the worst percentage goals against average in the history of and then covid hit and they made him be the like backup backup goaltender so he didn't, didn't get to like play. play ever. Single game in 304 days, I think. Oh, he has the second worst <laughs> goals against average and save percentage in the history of the Vancouver Canucks goaltending. <laughs> the worst is someone named Steve McKitchen. McKitchen? McKitchen. Oh, anyway. I'm so sorry for you, Mikey. I'm sorry we couldn't treat you better. <laughs> I don't think we recorded uh, since Ethan Bear was traded for either. We now have Ethan Bear on our hockey team. Yeah. Which I'm happy about having Ethan Bear, but... um, And Travis Dermott was back practicing, so that's also good news for our defense. I don't know actually how I really feel about... I think that acquiring Ethan Bear is a good idea. Um, I think of the rest of everything else that's happening on the Canucks defense is not a good idea. So, yeah, it's what I like. (laughs) But, like, we've been... Like, I don't know how many times we can literally every week, we're like, what's about... Oh, the Canucks defense looks like... It's like, cool. We have a new guy. Yeah, and we... Yeah, in the DiPietro trade, we got Jason Studnika. Is that his name? I could not tell you. You could put a gun to my head. I could not No, I know it's Studnika, but I don't remember what his first name is. (laughs) There's a couple interesting things about the Canucks right now. Uh, Bo Horvat is scoring pretty much at a goal a game pace. Um, We'll remind everyone that this is his contract season. (laughs) Yeah, he's scoring at a goal a game pace. Elise Patterson is playing extremely well. Like, out of this world, he's so like he's he's even more impressive than he has been because his defensive play is just like off the charts. He's penalty killing. Uh, he seems to have gotten some sort of rhythm settled with Andre Kuzmenko. Obviously, Kuzmenko had a hat trick in the last game. Um, P had five points. Uh, that's great. This is what we need. I need them. <laughs> need them to gel because Kuzmenko is very fun and P needs a friend to score. The Canucks are gonna like waste this. <laughs> Like imagine Bo Horvat has a 40 goal season and PD's like over point a game, like whatever pace and they're wasting it because we have Oliver Ekman fucking Larson <laughs> on our defense. Don't forget that at the end of the season, they either have to pay Bo Horvat and Andre Kuzmenko or they let them walk. <laughs> so because they signed JT Miller. Do you think that we can, um, Call up the Yotes and say, hey, remember that time when we took Oliver Ekman Larson off hands? <laughs> Can we interest you in taking JT Miller? Can we have Jacob Chikrin? <laughs> Please. Can we have any defenseman? Can we have oh, Troy yeah. back? Please, Can you do this for us? Can we have Can Troy, Troy back? back? Can we have anything? Can you do us anything? Please. I just like that deal is just looking worse and worse. And yeah, we'll see. I can't imagine, like, Bo doesn't necessarily seem like the kind of guy who's going to be, like, out of here. No, he will be, like, fair enough, he'll be me. but, um, which is, what's interesting about Bo Horvat is he's not, like, 
Tavares or something where he has like a hometown team that he really wants to play for, or like go to. So, and I do think he does have some. Bo like, Horvath back to the London Knights. I was yeah. just going to say that. But because I saw someone tweeting today about like, he's going to go to the Maple Leafs. I'm like, okay, like what? They have to sign Austin Matthews. Like, like that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but worry yeah, about yourself, Leafs fans. And then you can worry about what's happening over here. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it is also dependent on like how high the cap like gets increased. The thing I'm honestly, the thing I'm really worried about is there's two things I'm worried about. I'm worried about re-signing Elias Pettersson and I'm worried about not re-signing Elias Pettersson. I'm worried because he's on that bridge deal and he's really good. He's so good. And we're gonna have to pay him a lot of money. And then I'm also worried that he's going to be so good and he's going to look at this team and be like, they fucking suck. I'm outie. And I'm going to go sign with, I don't know, the Rangers or something. And that is that is what lives in the back of my mind every time I watch him play. What are you going to do? Just fun dread for you. Yeah. Love existential dread as a Canucks fan. I'm just used to it. Okay. Um, the night of the Canucks game was also, um, Kevin BX's retirement. He signed a one-day contract to retire Canuck. Um, he gave a speech in the locker room to all these guys who only have been in the playoffs during COVID and told them a very sad story about how he missed the playoffs twice. Um, they were all like, I sympathize, definitely. (laughs) That makes... And meanwhile, Bo Horvat's only been in the playoffs twice, I think. And he's yeah. Is Bo Horvat the longest tenured Canuck? Yeah, and he's sitting there about like talking about how playing in Vancouver yeah. was like the best time of his life, as these dudes like literally are just trying to clock out of this shift and go home. <laughs> like, but they were inspired apparently enough, I guess. Yeah, Chris Chris Faber tweeted about how like so part of the speech, uh, he really hit on some key points that have come up. Uh, basically having to do with uh, the culture in the Canucks room uh, is the first one. And then the second one is like bad habits, basically, which I think most people have pointed out that the Canucks have deeply problematic bad habits, particularly uh, on the defensive side. And he was like, he did this whole thing. His whole thing was basically that the reason why the 2011 era team worked is because it was a group of guys who were highly competitive, highly competitive with each other, and then also knew their roles. (laughs) And so they knew like, this is who I am. This is what I need to do. So I'm going to stay after practice and like tip a bunch of pucks, or I'm going to do this. And then Chris Faber tweeted (laughs) that after the next practice that the Canucks had after that, like 15 of them stayed on the ice. Because I think usually it's just uh, Vasily Pakolzin. He, I think he's notoriously the the one player who like stays. Who, by the way, is going to be healthy scratch tonight. Which, like, what the fuck? But whatever. Um, and so yeah, there seems to have been <laughs> some sort of message laid across. But it is like, yeah, not to. I I guess it's like impossible to not look at this team and compare it to. 2011 that's like the zenith of Canucks teams and to just be like yeah this is this is where we're at but also like if you've been a shitty team for so long like no wonder they're they're wanting to clock out like the thing that worked about the 2011 team also is that they grew up together and they kind of like came up at the same time and they were like bonded in that way (laughs) meanwhile 
this Canucks team had to deal with Jim Benning as their general manager and has missed the playoffs. I just, I had one so question about Faber's point about them having listened to Kevin Bieksa. I've been told for at least three, if not four or five years, that the Canucks have overpaid veterans for their leadership and their character. Why did it take Kevin Bieksa coming in on a one-day contract to retire for all of these players to figure out that this is what they should be doing? Like, what was the character and leadership we were paying for? Like, what is happening here? Why? Why did it take Kevin Bieksa? I got no answers for you, but we really did drop a significant Mm -hmm. dollar amount. (laughs) On nothing. On nothing. Yeah. It's not great. Okay. Um, On to very serious things. Um, The Boston Bruins tried to sign Mitchell Miller. Um, We have an episode that discusses more when there was the information about his trade. It was the draft in which he was eligible. When Um, it came out after the draft or whatever when it came out after the draft and uh the Arizona Coyotes had chosen to draft him um they did eventually waive those rights and he's been playing in the USHL um and getting accolades there because they don't care about anyone's personal records um and then he signed with the Bruins but also today Gary Bettman came out saying that he wasn't able to be signed i don't know what the so they could sign him but that he couldn't play in the nhl so they were like he was like they can sign him to a contract he just has to play in a different organization like he's not he's not eligible yeah to play and that to gain eligibility he has to go through like this process which like partially people were like wow gary's like doing something good for once but also, like, really, he's just kicking the can down the road until they actually are like, okay, well, we want him to play. And then that's when it'll be interesting. Like, what is the process? What What is this thing that you're saying? How does that work? <laughs> because I was trying to think about other moments this has happened, and I really think the only player who they blocked entry to is Slava Voinov that I can remember. Um, and it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what our good friends at the NHLPA do. I was going to say, like, when he says that he's not eligible, it's not actually clear to me under, like, on what what? basis he's not eligible. Because my understanding is if you're 20 and you go undrafted, which, like, frankly, he did get drafted. They just revoked it. So, like, either he did get drafted and it was a later decision, or if you say, like, you revoked it such that it's, it's the equivalent of him not getting drafted. Once he's over 20, he can, I'm pretty sure any team can still sign him as a UFA. Like, I don't understand where this. Well, and if that was the case, if that was the case, they would just say the contract is null and void. Like that, that would be the issue. Not that he's able to sign, but he's not able to play. And it's also like the other thing is like this behavior that, or not behavior, the shit that he did, (laughs) um, he did when he wasn't an NHL player. So that's going to be, I think that will be the, like, whatever, the NHLPA, whenever they step in, which they, <laughs> of course they're going to do. Um, like, I could see that being the thing that they claim 
which is what all these fucking Twitter bots are trying to claim too. So the wild thing about it though, is that, <laughs> so when the news broke, Elliot Friedman tweeted something. Uh, I don't have it verbatim, but essentially tweeted. he started the tweet with, from what I know, the Bruins did like incredible work on this or like did. He said they've done a lot of work on this, did not make a quick decision. Okay. Let's run through the things that they didn't do while doing this work. They didn't consult the head coach. Uh, the players clearly were against it. Uh <laughs> as you can see by quotes provided by Patrice Bergeron <laughs> and, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Nick Foligno, where they asked him, they were like, well, we don't really like whatever. They said it in the words that they could. He's not eligible to play in the NHL. And they didn't know that because they didn't contact the league to discuss it with them. And they also never talked to the family of Isaiah Meyer Crothers, which they insinuated that they did. The wildest thing about that last point, though, is that that's what the Coyotes got in trouble for. It wasn't that they, it wasn't just that they drafted him knowing that he did this. Like every NHL team knew he had been convicted of that. Every NHL team knew he had bullied Isaiah. What they didn't know was the whole lack of remorse didn't apologize subsequent factor and what the coyotes actually got dragged for was for not contacting the family and speaking to them and the bruins just went through the whole thing and just decided they would do exactly that again like what did you think was going to happen and like the <laughs> they like don sweeney or whatever said you know he's been doing the work um essentially the quote-unquote work he's been doing is he messaged him on Instagram last week to last week so like at I don't I, I don't see when you're when you're looking at the situation <laughs> there's no like for the people that are trying to lodge the thing of like he's he did it when he was young and he's grown and like all this stuff and like he shouldn't be punished for blah blah blah, blah. like no he's still like replicating the same behavior and it's clearly not made yeah. any growth like, or progress when the thing, like the only reason you apologize is because an NHL team wants to sign you. So you reach out via Instagram. And one of the things you say is boys will be boys. Like, yes, Sloan, you are on my side. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable that people are trying to watch that. And then like, the other thing is the whole, like the other part of the Elliot Friedman tweet is he was like, I'm struggling with this because something along the line of like everyone deserves second chances. Blah blah blah. We really got to stop doing this shit. Something they did at 14. We really got to stop doing this shit. <laughs> it's like okay, I want to I want to talk about that part because that's like that seems to be the number one counter argument. Like, how dare you hold somebody responsible for something they did at 14? He was a kid. Like people grow and change. Like, is there like should should he just never be given redemption because he did something at 14? It's like okay. No one's actually saying that. Like you're you're making an argument against something no one has said. Like the critique here is that he did something at 14. He then continued to bully him for two years afterwards during the court process. And he's now 21. 
between 14 and 21, he took no steps, demonstrated no growth, no remorse towards Isaiah. And at no point did he, like, don't forget, this is a guy who wrote an apology letter to 30 NHL teams before his draft, but never wrote a personal apology letter to the guy he actually bullied. And for people to be like, well, he did it at 14. Right. But like in the seven years since, he's also not taken any steps to make amends unless ordered to do so by the court or unless there was like an actual personal benefit to doing it. And not only that, when it all came out, his sister came online and doubled down and was like, he's not racist. I've dated a black guy. Like, okay, sure. And also just 100%, even if you are all for second chances, which he's had plenty, playing in the NHL and playing for an original six team is not a right. Well, and I but think what people... We're simply saying he just cannot be on an NHL team. Well, and I think what people have pointed out is like the argument for he deserves a second chance. It's like, okay, well, like look at the leniency of what he experienced when like he was convicted of this. Like that's the second chance. There, there you go. That's your second chance. You're allowed to stay in school. You can do whatever you want there, but like that's your second chance. So go from there. It's not getting drafted and doing all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just... People are also... One of the other arguments people are making for, like, but he has grown. That's what all his coaches in the USHL said. To be clear, the Tri-City Storm, when they signed him, proceeded to name search themselves and block anyone who made a critical comment about it. So, like, forgive me if I'm extremely skeptical that that organization as a whole was able to help him take responsibility for anything given that not only were they just like blocking people who tagged them they literally were searching out critiques of him and blocking people like yeah i don't care what those coaches say about him it's just and the whole thing like is just such a horrific like a horrifically um bleak and like frankly violent decision by the boston bruins that basically cast aside anyone who is a fan of them, who's a player or who's a person of color, who is disabled um, and doing it for what? Literally nothing. He can't even play for you. He can't play for you. You know, like this is the decision. This is the hill that you decided to die on. And now your players are like, this is not good like we're not fans of this (laughs) we don't agree with what happened but like this is what we have to do so like what I just for a player who what he's a defenseman he scored a few goals like that you're willing to do that is just like once again the quote-unquote mask or whatever that we all know like the the facade (laughs) comes off hockey once again where it's like as long as you can do x things it doesn't matter what you do we don't care you can do whatever you want and frankly i'm like starting to get super cynical about like the slava Voinov thing because 
that's like the one thing that people point to. And honestly, at this point, I think it's because he was Russian. Like that's why, because this shit totally is fair. just like, you know, like it's just, um, it, like it just keeps happening. And as we've seen with the Jake for Cannon thing, you can be shit at hockey <laughs> and they'll still try and do it. Uh, and Mitchell Miller is his stats illustrate that he has a certain skill level at hockey. So they're willing to do whatever. Um, and that's just so awful that that's what they decided to do. We will just leave you by pointing you in the direction of our dear friend of the pod, uh, Chanel Keenan, who posted a video on Twitter talking about the Mitchell Miller signing and her experiences as a disabled woman and a woman of color and a Bruins fan. Um, she is smart as always. And yeah, we're good. great. Okay. Um, anyway, so our three stars for the week. Um, I can go. Okay. Um, my star leak is uh, Steve Dangle, who we found out is a man of the people. <laughs> For people who don't know, um, there's a massive issue happening in Ontario where the current government there is using the notwithstanding clause, which is not something I will bother explaining to you, but basically it suspends charter rights for a period of five years um, to stop uh, certain unions from striking, which is very gross. Obviously, we stand in solidarity with the unions. And Steve Tank decided to be like, uh, the biggest like labor man ever, which was very funny. Oh yeah, and second to Kevin BX's dad. <laughs> yes, it was just very surprising. Um, and it's like he obviously has a pretty big following. So, uh, yeah, you dangle, you get my star of the week for being a pro. Oh my god, I changed this. mine, which I had claimed I claimed Kieran Tierney because I thought that Georgia was going to take him, but actually, it's Ben Scribbins. Um, star of also hockey. Shocking. Also <laughs> shocking. Um, somebody posted it was a uh NDP MLA supporter. I don't know if this person was just a supporter <laughs> in general. Regardless, member of the legislative assembly. Important part is that he was in hockey wives, and also turns out he's based. <laughs> <laughs> he's a social worker now. Yeah, he's and, a social worker, and he went out to knock on doors for NDP. Um, in Alberta. And, that's important. Yes. So, that's what I have. That was very cool. Um, My star of the week. Oh, hard to pick. My star of the week is... Can I say my star of the week is the, like friendship between Kuzmenko and Pod Colson because it is actually so cute. Um Pod Colson is like Kuzmenko's official translator in all his interviews. And it's it's so best. funny. Yeah. They didn't even bother to hire a translator. They just make Pod Colson do it. It's sweet. It's really cute. Also there was like it is low budget. <laughs> yeah. It's low budget, but Kuzmenko is like just super likable. Like even his Instagram story yesterday, he posted a video of himself playing with Rip, the team dog. And it was like a video of 
Ilya Mikhaev taking a video of him playing with a dog. And I was like, this is like, this guy knows what he's doing. That's also the only content that he's posted as a Canuck, other than like the day he signed or whatever. Yeah. He has not done anything except for that video of him with the dog. Which is because he has to take hockey very seriously. So he doesn't post on social media. Yes. He also did the reason he was speaking English before. And then in an interview last week, he was literally like, it's been two months. My head go boom. It was so funny. <laughs> so Paul Colson has to do it. Also him and Paul Colson dressed up in uh, matching Halloween costumes, which was also very cute. Yeah. So. Big Ben. We're happy that they have friends. I love that. We love that. Okay. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we have Broadcast Book Club coming up soon within the next week. We're reading Ella Enchanted. Um, you can subscribe to our Patreon for other content, including Broadcast Book Club and our game recaps. Um, and you can contact us other ways at Broadcast Pod on Twitter. Instagram, etc. You can email us. All of that. Um, just let us know what you want to talk about, what you like and don't like about hockey in general, too. What you don't like and don't like about the pod. Um, yeah. And we'll see you soon.